So uh, up until this time, the children of Israel had a pretty sweet relationship with Adonai. It was like the beginnings of a romance. It was like the infatuation period. There was um, amazing miracles, uh, and the children of Israel pretty much had to do absolutely nothing to, for God to woo them into a romantic relationship. Um, they were in slavery, and then right when that moment when God said, he wrote in the Torah that, I hear their cries, and when he came to the rescue through Moses, the relationship with God that the children of Israel had was pretty intense. And we have to admit it, that, that their relationship with God, I mean, there was miracles at every turn. Like, imagine if God comes to the rescue for us in that way. You know, where we're just sitting in our homes and like this plague's just decimating our enemies and we don't have to do anything but watch. And he brings this deliverer who's kind of like their conduit to the Lord who's like taking care of business with everything. I mean, this amazing relationship. It's like, whoa, God loves me so much. Look at all these signs and wonders. Fire. Turning the river to blood. Just changing nature, talking to nature to do things that they normally wouldn't do on my behalf. Unbelievable relationship that they seem to have at that time. They they get taken out of Egypt, brought out by God's mighty arm. They come to the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. I mean, God takes the the, the sea and splits it so these people, his bride who he loves, can walk through on dry land. What an amazing deliverer. He is. I mean, they were so wooed into this love relationship with him. And then once they got to the other side, it, it, it still continued. I mean, they didn't even, even if they complained, even if they just nagged at him, God just answered. I'm hungry. No problem. Manna from heaven falling all over the ground in the morning, quails in the evening. Hallelujah. I can't even tick them off. Let's try this one. I'm thirsty. No problem. Here's Moses. Bang, bang. On the rock, water comes out of the rock. I mean, this is relationship with God. I'm telling you. I mean, this is an unbelievable, uh, the relationship that what they must have thought of God. This is so awesome. God loves us so much. Until... God wanted to bring them to a new phase of intimacy by learning his ways, his Torah, but it involved their conduit to God. Because remember, they didn't want to, you know, once God really came down and showed who he was and spoke the Ten Commandments, the people said, okay, no, 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 no. Now, Moses, you go talk to God and we'll talk to you. This relationship really works for us a lot better. We really experience God's love through what he's doing for you. Just keep hitting the rock and having water come out for us. We can deal with that, but we can't deal with all that. So Moses says, no problem. He goes up the mountain. Forty days. A little longer than the children of Israel thought he'd be gone for. And all of a sudden, 
this husband, this God who loved them, who was bringing fire and smoke and miracles at every turn, all of a sudden, they were hearing crickets. Because their conduit to God, to that relationship with God, was taken away. And they didn't know when it was coming back. So the children of Israel, in desperation and fear, built themselves a false god. When in reality, God wasn't done. In reality, God was planning something even greater, even deeper. He was going to bring down the Torah. God blessed Moses. God was speaking 613 commandments to Moses. He had 40 days to learn it. He's a pretty good learner. But still too slow for the children of Israel who did not realize that God was going to bring them into a new phase of relationship. It wasn't going to be about the fire and the flame and the smoke no more. It was going to be about him in them. It was going to be about them knowing more intimately about God, who he is and what he requires and what righteousness is, so they can actually start to worship him in a correct way. But they couldn't stand the waiting. So they built their own God. In this generation the children of God are doing the same thing. Oh, they love the fire. They love the smoke. They love the churches that have smoke machines during the worship. But God isn't always about the fire and the flame and the smoke. Just ask Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, who saw the fire come from heaven and devour Baal. And then when he needed a word from God, uh, an earthquake came, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And wind came, but God wasn't in the wind. And something else came, and I don't remember what it is, but it was something like fire and all this kind of craziness. But God wasn't in that. And then he just said, Eliyahu. And oh, but God was there in the small voice. This day, this generation, the children of God are addicted to the fire and the smoke. But God is somebody who will lift that from you because he has something greater that involves inner work. But the children of God don't want that. So when they go to a church and they see that the fire is no longer there, they leave the church and try to find some other church. It happens here. It happens everywhere. This place is awesome. Next week, this place is good. Next week, yeah, I like it here. Next week, it's pretty good. Next week, I don't know, something may have changed. Maybe it's because they did the New Testament reading after the announcements. Disrupted the Spirit of God. Next week, they're off to the next 
fire experience. The children of God are looking for this. What is this? It's a rose. It's beautiful. It smells awesome. It's colorful. It's pretty. It ain't got no root. The children of God in this generation are looking for this, but this will die in a few days because it doesn't have roots. I like to think that maybe Messianic congregations, we nurture the root because the root of our faith is a Jewish root. So we nurture the roots. So maybe we don't have the smoke machine during the praise and worship. Maybe we don't have the light show. Those things are the golden calves of this generation. Things that are set up to make you think you're experiencing God, but it's just stuff. Smoke and mirrors. God is a God who speaks loudly in the silence. Because he works in the deep places. He wants to make himself known in the deep places. Deep calls unto deep. And you're not going to experience deep when you're looking for this. See what's happening already? Because it's dead. It's why, unfortunately, marriages often fail. Well, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. You ever hear that one? Because the infatuation period is kind of like the fire. But there's a little thing that happens when we saw the Moses come down from the mountain. It was something called fading glory. Where he was up with God and he had a face shining. And then he came down and the people saw that his face was shining. But then he put a veil over his face. And then Paul in Corinthians spoke a little bit extra about what that meant. He said that the glory was fading and Moses didn't want the people to see that because he knew the condition of the heart, the condition of the people who are always looking for the glory. And when the fading happens, which is the natural condition, they want to make a golden calf. So he kept the veil on until he went to see God again and then God kind of went back to the suntan place. But there's a natural condition called the fading glory. We love the springtime. We love the flowers of the spring. And we love the, the greens of summer. But all that is wonderful. But it comes from the work that God does in the winter and the autumn. The rain and the snow fall from the sky. And will not return until it accomplishes what it sets out to do to bring water to the earth. So it is with the word of God. 
it will come like rain, like snow. In the cold times, and will not return until it accomplishes what it set out to do. The word of the Lord will not return void. The word of the Lord will not return void. It will not return void. But when it comes, it comes into the dry places. It comes into the quiet times. It comes into the times that you're like, I have no idea what's going on. And I, where are you? Where are you? And you don't even realize that roots, roots are growing. The miracle is not the fire. The miracle are the roots growing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And he bringing water into the root and the roots continuing to search and crave for the water. The miracle is not the hitting the rock and the water comes out. That's easy. Moses wasn't allowed to do that a second time. That was a one-time experience. The miracle is the water and the roots within you starving for it and seeking for it and eventually finding it. So the flower that comes out in this season is even greater and more glorious than it was last because you didn't leave. And I'm not talking about leaving Mishkan at all. We, you know our mandate here. You are free to come. You are free to go. You are free to leave. You are free to come back. You are free to leave. You are free to leave and never come back. You are free in Messiah. We call each other Mishkanites. I got news for you. Before you are Mishkanites, you are Yeshuaites. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if a son or daughter of God leaves Mishkan David and finds a home somewhere else, there is no loss to the kingdom of heaven. No loss. No loss. So I am not talking about Mishkan David whatsoever. I am talking about a generation who is infatuated with the, with the flash. And now we have churches all around that, that, that feed that, that actually feed that. They're like, okay, they want flash, we're just going to give them flash. This is a rudimentary example of what Adonai is building. All of these plants have roots in the dirt. You are the dirt. Sorry. He is the root, as it says, that he is the root of David. And when it matures and when it finds the water within and it finds the nutrient within, up it comes. Some of it looks a little different. Some's a little more colorful than the others. Some are taller, some are shorter, but it all is drinking from the water from heaven that, nu- that, that brings nutrient to the root. And there's one thing that a potted plant can't do. The roots can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And that is how much he loves you. 
So if you're going through a time of pruning, if you're going through a time of dryness, of cold, of seeking and reaching but feeling like you're not even reaching high enough, don't go searching for the next fire experience. Don't go searching for the next rose without roots. He is doing something in you. The word that came within you, Yeshua is the word, will not return void. Yeshua is the word. He will not return void. He will not return void. He will not return void. It will not return void. It will accomplish what it's set out to do. It will accomplish. He will accomplish what he set out to do. He will accomplish what he set out to do. As rain and snow come and water the land and will not return until it waters the earth, so is the word of God. Hang in there during those dry times. I was thinking as I was coming up here, I was thinking a good exercise would be just to leave and wait like 10 minutes. And if you think that would have been, that was, and that would be rough. Now you know what the children of Israel had to deal with with 40 days. I think my wife is thankful that I did not choose to do that. I actually called Pastor Pryor earlier. I said, is there a sneak exit out of here? But that would have been an exercise. When the conduit is gone and you don't know when it's coming back, that's when God does his best work. His best work. His best work is inside. It's not the flashiness. 